0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now, with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: I will call, look at verse 4. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy. To be praised. That's a song we used to sing. A song like that. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy. You remember that song? Do you guys shaking your head? Yeah, I I will call upon the Lord. And the ladies go, Who is worthy to? I will call upon the. Who is worthy to be praised? Hosanna, blessed be the rock, be exalted, Hosanna, blessed be the rock, God of my salvation, be exalted. All right, Qua, all right, Qua. Yeah, we used to sing this, I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. That was a worship song. And for David, this isn't just a song. For David, this isn't a plaque on the wall. It's not just a plaque. David truly felt the need to call on the Lord. Why? Because he was worthy to be praised. David said in verse four, so shall I be saved from my enemies. When? Well, God save David. You know, you've been with me, haven't you? God saved David from Goliath. God saved David from Saul. God saved David from backsliding. God saved David from Israel's enemies. God saved David from Absalom. God saved David from David. God saved David from David. David would have destroyed David if it weren't for God. And listen, we would be destroyed if it weren't for God keeping us from falling. I think of Psalm 73, 1 through 4. Truly, God is good to Israel to such as have a pure heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Notice David says in verse five through seven, when the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. You know, that's honest. That's really honest. David says, I was afraid of ungodly folk. I was afraid of ungodly people. David says, the waves of death surrounded me. The sorrows of hell and the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called, note this, not my friend. I called on the Lord. I cried out to my God and he heard my voice from his temple keep in mind the temple had not yet been built yet. And I love this phrase, my cry entered his ears. In other words, God heard him and he hears us too. Look at verse eight. Let's move forward a little bit. Look at verse eight. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundation of the heavens quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness Canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of sky of the skies, from the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. He sent our arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. And then the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were covered. At the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of his nostrils, or the blast of the Breath of his nostrils. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me. Underline that. He took me. He drew me out of many waters and he delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They comforted or confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. You might write the word, the Lord was my stay. He was my stay. He was my support. He was my foundation, my stay. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The context, saints, is God saving David out of the hand of his enemies. And you get the impression from these verses that David is remembering that God moved in a very powerful way in his life. Notice in verse 20, he tells us that he delivered me because He delights in me. Think about that. God delights in us. God doesn't just love or like us. He loves us. You know, some people say, I like you, but I don't love you. Or, or they say it the other way. I love you, but I don't like you. Okay, that makes less sense right there. Okay, how you say that to somebody? I love you, but I don't like you. How you love me? but you don't like me. That hurts my head. I love you, but I don't like you. That's silly. God loves you, and he likes you. The Bible says he delights in us. He likes us. You know, most of us believe God loves us, but do you know that God likes you too? He loves you, he likes you also. Think about it. God, Jehovah, Jehovah, who parts the sea with the breath of his nostril, likes you. You know, I grew up in the Catholic, I went to Catholic church for many years. I went to Catholic school from, I think, one through eight. And um, I remember we used to go to uh, confession every day. We used to go to Catholic mass Every day, if you went to Catholic school, you know, every day you went to Catholic Mass. And you, um, you know, and Mass to me was, uh, uh, the whole confession thing was really intimidating. It was intimidating. I mean, think about it. You're sending like an uh, eight-year-old, a nine-year-old into a dark booth. You go in there, you shut the door, it's pitch black. You're sitting there and all of a sudden, a sliding door from a screen just goes shoo. And you go, ah. And then they tell you what to say Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Catholic people remember, right? Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And, and the Father says, um, When's your last confession? And you say, um, Yesterday at 12. And uh, yesterday and and then you tell him you know what sins you committed in the last 24 hours and and, and it was also tim- intimidating and and i just remember when i was young kid i didn't know that god liked me i, di- I didn't know that because that's not communicated i mean you think god is angry You think you better get it together or God's going to send a lightning bolt down. If you lie, a lightning bolt, that's where that phrase comes from, you know, give me my 36 inch. Why? Because if you say something wrong or you do something wrong, a lightning bolt's going to come down and it's going to strike you. And you're going to be dead. Because God is a God of judgment. God is a God of religious judgment. If you do something wrong, you're going to be judged. And that's the kind of fear that many, many people have as it relates to God and as it relates to understanding who God is. And then as you grow and you get to know the scriptures and you go to a Bible teaching church where they understand the word, God is not angry with you. The Bible says he delights in us. He loves us. He even likes you. You should be glad about that. I'm glad. I was glad when I learned that. I'm glad when that became a revelation, it wasn't just this, you know, Theological, theoretical understanding of God. After a while, you start to learn that God loves you, and it's a personal relationship with God, and that's a wonderful thing. He delights it. It's a very freeing thing. And if you, you know, if you come out of uh, a religious background or legalistic background, or you know, you know, uh, the Catholic Church type, legal background, when you get that freedom, you feel it. Am I right about it? You really, really, really feel it. It becomes very tangible, and you enter into this relationship with God. No longer do I think that God is going to judge me and send lightning bolts if I do something wrong. Now I know that if I do something wrong, I can simply ask God to forgive me, and he will forgive me. And the same feeling that you feel when you feel... um, that you've come to know God into a personal relationship with God. No longer do you relate to him as judgment. It's that same feeling that you feel when you know you're forgiven. You feel forgiven. When you ask God to forgive you, have you ever felt that? When you ask God to forgive you, you really feel like this burden lifted off your shoulders. You feel like you like walk different. I know when I got, became a Christian, I felt like I was walking different. I know I saw things differently. You know my story I tell you all the time. The grass was greener. When I first became a Christian, the grass was greener. Nobody can tell me different. I know that grass. I saw that grass every single day. I know that grass was greener. And I know that dirt seemed more brown to me. And the sky was bluer. And the birds were singing. It was It was nice. It was awesome. And you feel that way when you come into that relationship with God. But when you're in this legal thing, God's going to judge you. God delights in you. God loves you. This is, that's, that's a great verse. We could talk about that all day. Okay, look at verse, uh, you know, actually this study, I was telling a friend today, this study was difficult tonight for me because it's, this is kind of devotional, it's more devotional. Like this, you can sit down in the morning, just go back over this, read it, think about it, pray it through. Lord, thank you for delighting in me. That's how you do devotion. You don't get your strong and out and your Bibles out and all the different Bibles and pens and things. That's not devotion. Devotion is just you, the Lord, and your Bible. And you're just sitting there, man, the Lord, man, he brought me out into a broad place, and he delivered me because he delights in me. Lord, thank you for delighting in me. Thank you, Lord, you delighted me today, and Lord, I'm happy to know you. That's how you do devotion. And this chapter is kind of devotional. But as a Bible teacher teaching through 2 Samuel, well, I got to say something. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it was kind of hard because you just don't really want to kind of pick it apart. So that's why we're just kind of pulling out some scriptures and and uh, talking about them, okay? Uh, Look at verse 21. The Lord, David goes on, rewarded me according to my righteousness, according, this is great. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me, for I have kept, underline this, I've kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, As for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his eyes. With the the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. With the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. You will save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty that you might bring them down. Hmm. For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. For by you, I can run against a troop, but my God By my God, I can leap over a wall. Stop right there, saints. David says, God delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me. He goes on in verse 21. Rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. David says, I've kept the ways of the Lord and have not departed from the ways of my God. Now, we all know our Bibles, and we know that David didn't keep the ways of the Lord. He did not. When we look at David's life, we see lie after lie, lie after lie. We see murder. We see adultery. We see deceitfulness. We see all kinds of sin. If you want to do a study on the sin nature, just look at David. And David says, the reason I was delivered from my enemies is because God has rewarded me, watch this, For my righteousness, I have kept the ways of the Lord. David says, my hands are clean, my heart is right, and God has rewarded me. Now, David, how can you say that? I believe David understood something that we all need to understand. What's that, Pastor? We all need to understand that our righteousness is not based on what we have done, but what he has done. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And because David was a man... After God's own heart, David was a humble man. David was humble before the Lord. I think of Psalm 38 and Psalm 51. Matter of fact, just turn to Psalm 51. Let's just look at that real quick. Psalm 51, we're talking about David's heart. We're talking about his humility before God. And Why was David a man after God's own heart? Because David was a man who would say, God, forgive me. It wasn't about him being perfect. That's why he could say, I have kept your ways. I have kept the ways of the Lord. My hands are clean, my heart is right, and God has rewarded me. He could say that because of his repentant heart, right? Look at verse uh, Psalm 51, uh, verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, David says, according to the multitude of your tender mercies." Psalm 51 is written after David's sin with Bathsheba. Write that in your margins. Matter of fact, it's up in your foreword if, if you have uh, the Bible I have, the holy and anointed version. And if you, <laughs> It's right there. And, uh, but it does say that. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. David says, blot out my sin. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge my sin. Are y'all with me? And my sin is always before me against you and you only. See, all sin is against God. Hmm? Have I sinned and i done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, in sin. My mother conceived me, Purge me, verse seven, with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be what, saints? Make me hear joy and gladness at the bones that you have broken. God brought him to that place of repentance. The bones you have broken may rejoice, hide your face from my sins and blot out my transgressions. Verse 10, 11, 9, 10, 11. Highlight that. Underline it. Remember it. Look at verse 7. Purge me with his supper and I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken will rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And Lord, don't take your spirit from me and restore to me. This is a great verse. We could all be be praying this, right? Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. And then I'll teach sinners your ways. Sinners shall be converted to you. Real quick Psalm 38. Psalm 38. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your wrath, nor chasten me in your hot displeasure. For your arrows pierce me deeply and your hand presses me down. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, nor any health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I'm troubled. I'm bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long for lions are full of inflammation. There is no soundness in my flesh. I'm feeble, severely broken. I groan because of the turmoil of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you and my singing is not hidden from you. My heart pants, my strength fails me. As a light of my eyes, it also has gone before me. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague and my relatives stand afar off. See David's heart, you get it? David's heart of repentance and brokenness and desire for God to, 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 to humble him and to, 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 to work in him. Go back to Psalm. So David was, or oh, back to Samuel, pardon me. David was repentant, and David was humble, and David was broken, and God doesn't, listen, God doesn't look for perfection. God looks for humility. Humility will take you a long way in the kingdom. Again, Psalm 51, we just read it, for you do not desire, or actually in Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17, we didn't get to that, for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are what, saints? A broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. See, brokenness leads to humbleness, and humbleness leads to dependency. Two traits that are very attractive to God, humility and brokenness. James 4, 6, he resists the proud but gives grace to, anybody know? the humble. You know that Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Isaiah 57, 15, thus says the high and lofty one, one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. David knew something very theological way back then. David knew that positionally we are right with God and you can positively confess you are righteous with God because of Jesus, because positionally we are in Christ and the blood of Christ covers us. Romans eight one. There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ. If any man sins, John tells us first John two one, If any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Listen, Jesus died on a hill called Calvary. And when he died, our sins were put on his account. And positionally now, we are right with God. That's why David could say, I have kept your law, I've kept your word. Lord, I my hands are clean before you, because he understood positionally he was clean. Look at verse twenty nine. For you are my lamp, O Lord, the Lord shall enlighten my darkness. I think of Psalm twenty seven. Turn there real quick. I'm going to speed up. I'm going to speed up. I really am. Psalm 27. Look at Psalm 27. Look at Psalm 27. Verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Love Love that verse. Notice it says, it doesn't say the Lord provides light. Or the Lord provides strength. It says the Lord is light and the Lord is my strength. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Listen, this word light is used 272 times in the Bible. 272 times in the Bible, this word light is used. Genesis 1, 3, God said, let there be light. John one four through nine, John eight twelve. I am the light of the world. First John five, it says God is light, and in him, in him there's no darkness at all. Psalm thirty six nine. In your light we see light. Great verse. In your light we see light.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch. Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923.